I don't exactly remember the moment I realized that I wasn't a white girl, but I do remember feeling sometime in middle school, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not like these people. I'm not like the people that I, that I associate myself with um, and the people that I go to class every day with. And that for me, there was definitely a turning point where I realized that I probably, and I re-realized it all throughout my life, but, um, but it was definitely a moment where I realized that I was not going to have the same experience as everyone else in my class. So growing up, growing up was really difficult. Uh, and uh, I can't say that it's more difficult than maybe the way that my mom grew up. So she is a Korean American person now, but she grew up in Korea and she grew up with lots of sisters and brothers. And though her dad you know, she would, he was, he did enough for the family where everyone had a meal, but they weren't well to do at all, you know, but they always had love and they always had like a lot of people around. And, you know, she had this dream when she was little that she wanted to go explore. She wanted to go, go to America. And so at 19, she picks up and she moves to New York City. And I don't know very much about how she grew up in Korea. You know, it's like in the 60s. And in Korea at the time, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff going on that to this day, I don't think she likes to talk about. I don't think she likes to really delve deeply into, but she has these, these little moments and vignettes that she will share with me. So, uh, years ago, she once told me that she used to love climbing trees. Uh, and then years after that, she would tell me about the first time she fell in love with a boy. Uh, she also told me once about the time that, you know, she was basically first in class, but because her family wasn't well to do in Korean tradition, uh, if you're going to school at that time, uh, parents will give little envelopes uh, of money to teachers, and then those kids whose parents cared enough to bring that money to the teacher, the teacher would be really great to that student, and those students whose parents didn't bring money, those teachers would punish them. Uh, sometimes it was corporal punishment, sometimes it was something else. And she definitely felt that bullying a lot when she was going to school through some of the teachers. And I think that feeling and that sense of this is a smaller town and there is a bigger world out there that I need to go conquer. And then there is America, you know, emerging uh, as this really exciting thing, uh, at least in her mind. You know, she was in love with Michael Jackson. She was, she was definitely in love with American pop culture that was coming through, you know, uh, one TV in the whole neighborhood. You know, she would go and watch this television, this tiny tube television with all the other kids in the neighborhood. 
uh, once a week, and that really inspired her to investigate, you know, what is, what is America? What is all that about? Um, so she picked up at 19 and moved to the States, uh, fell in love with uh, a boy who offered to teach English, and she took him up on it. They fell in love and got married. I was born, and when I was two, they divorced, and, um, you know, we found ourselves in New York. And so I don't actually know a lot about what that relationship was like. It sounded like she had gotten to a point in her life, you know, she'd come all the way to America, and this is all her point of view. I'm, I don't know my father very well. Um, although I wish him all the best, I don't know his side of the story. So from her point of view, uh, she had come to America to make it, to do something, you know, and, uh, this relationship didn't quite turn out like she had hoped. And at 24, at that point I was two, uh, you know, she still had a lot of life to live. When I look back, I'm 31 now. But when I look back at when I was 24, I mean, I don't even know, I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. I just graduated college and, you know, I had all these ambitions and um, I can't imagine having had a kid at 24, um, the kid being two years old and still having so much ambition and still wanting to do so many things with your life. So she moves to New York and uh, it's not... It's not easy, um, and there are holes at this point in the story for what I know about my mom, um, and that's a whole other story and another time, but, uh, you know, the way I grew up was, let's say, really different. Um, I remember she had a beauty salon when I, when we lived in Elmhurst. I remember that she also uh, did stuff with like computer parts later on when there was like the big tech boom uh, in the 90s. And she did a lot of a lot of things, a lot of things to try to figure out what she what she could give to the world. And you know, as I grew up and went to middle school, um, that's, middle school is also a whole other story, but essentially I remember my mom telling me that I was different, you know, to, to know that I was white and that has been a continuing sort of narrative in my entire life. Uh, and it's something that uh, is really interesting to me, this uh, discussion of race, this discussion of um, when am I Asian and when am I white? Uh, what are the untold privileges in America that you can access by being someone who can claim to be white? Um, and this discussion of what does it mean to have white blood or Asian blood, what do those things actually mean? Um, it's changed throughout the years, and I'm really happy to now live in a time where I am this age, 31, 
where we live in such a diverse culture where uh, so many people are coming out with their stories so that we can enrich each other's lives. Uh, but if I look back and I talk to people now about um, what it means to be a girl in this culture, what it means to uh, have had a certain type of privilege or disadvantage. It is really interesting to hear what people have to say or how they, how they associate success to certain things. Um, and just my general point of view about success in America, there is a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of hustle. There's a lot of um, digging into the books and there's a lot of that stuff. But uh, what rings true for me is certainly something that my mom said, which was, you know, make sure you get an education, uh, make sure you speak well, and make sure that at any moment you realize that you, you can own your whiteness. You can, you can do anything you want to do. You can go into any store. You can talk to any person. Um, the, the roads are open for you. And that has definitely had an impact on me in terms of how I see what success looks like in America because we can say that there are so many uh, avenues for all kinds of people but I do believe that if I were really, really honest, that there had to have been moments where it helped to be white and it helped to be Asian. And it's sort of, it's really interesting to see uh, where where all of that has led to, uh, which is to say that I have been able to graduate from college. I was able to get a great education. I was able to go to design school. I was able to try a whole bunch of different kinds of jobs. Um, and I know that I love design so much. Uh, something that people ask me about my career track, you know, if, if someone looked on my LinkedIn page, it's just full. It's just full of all these job experiences. And, you know, someone in the Gen X community could see my portfolio or my, you know, my resume and not really understand why I worked at so many types of jobs and why I didn't really uh, stick with one job for a very long time. And it's just something that uh, potentially it's because of the Great Recession that happened. There's potentially something that I saw in the workplace, you know, at a young age that I said, well, let me try a lot of different things. Like, let me give myself my, my 20s to really hone in on what I want. Let me be relentless about uh, not playing it safe, about taking chances, about taking risks about talking to a lot of different kinds of people, getting people's stories and getting people to tell me how, you know, how their design process works, how 
they found the kinds of jobs they did, uh, why they chose freelance over a regular job, uh, but also just to get to know a lot of different kinds of people because, uh, I, as I suspected and it became true, because of the way I grew up and because of the stories that I was told from a very young age, I could tell that I had a very different perspective that wasn't the norm and the average. And I so desperately wanted to know what is the norm? What is the average American view? And I definitely feel like I've gotten to a point in my life where that no longer matters. And it is great to know what whatever norm norm means to other people. That's great and all, but uh, it's also great to know what my own story is and to hone that in so that potentially if one other person could find that interesting or one other person could find some kernel of truth in it, then I will have been able to, to make some meaning out of uh, all the things that I have learned over time. And uh, the last point I'll make, and then it'll be the end of this one. I, I'm in a place in my life right now where I feel like for the first time I can breathe, right? So growing up, uh, I definitely felt like I really need to be an independent kind of person um, and make sure that I make my mark in the world or make sure like all kinds of things, all kinds of things that you're you're taught, you know, from an early age, like you can do whatever you want. Um, and I, I knew that I could do certain kinds of things, but to a limit. Like I always knew I wasn't going to be the smartest person in the class, or I always knew that I wasn't going to get by on my looks or something like that. Um, I was very wise about certain things that I could and couldn't do. Um, from a younger age and the fact that uh, now you know having come out of things like paying off my student debt you know coming out of things like what kind of career do you want what kind of job do you want um, relentlessly going after people who uh, seemed interesting to me or um, finding little pockets of community these things have really set me up for um, a certain kind of view in my personal life that just feels like, you know, always be open to change, always be open to the possibility that you might not be quite there yet um, and never feel com too comfortable um, feeling um, yeah, just don't get too comfortable because life changes all the time. And I used to be scared of change, but now I'm just openly embracing it and saying that uh, things just have to change. There, there are certain things in this world that absolutely have to change. And I'm, I realize that I can't sit quietly on the sidelines as I watch certain things go on and um, that... It is really powerful to have a voice, to have a, a point of view, and to share that with people.
So um, this is uh, the first episode of Half Asian, Half White Girl. And uh, that's it for tonight. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.